This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to hands, sanitizer is very important. Harmonious Gentlemen. If podcast episodes were the number of bones in a human skull, we'd have a whole set. This is episode 29. And there are 29 and odd number bones in the human skull. Did you know that? Not until right now. No. I think the jaw must be like the 29th or something. You said we'd have a Mm -hmm. whole set or a whole skull? A whole set, like a whole set to make a skull. Oh, to make a skull. Yeah. Yeah, this is the Harmonious Gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) And we're recording at Phil's Diner. My name's Chris. I'm Peter. I'm Graham. I'm Tyler. It's nice to be here with you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if anyone heard your intro in the restaurant. Like about there's not a lot of people here, but if they did, I'm sure they'll come over and ask some questions. It's yeah. a bit morbid, actually. Like, just knowing that we have a skeleton, kind of. Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how did you find that out? Well, so yes, we're I don't want to tell you that. So. <laughs> That's in my confession. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 6 a.m. It's Phil's, and uh, we're back. Peter's joining us today. It's good to be here. And um, maybe we'll start with uh, an email. We actually have an email-based show for the first time ever. Right. Where we're going to read an email and respond to it as sort of this kickoff for the actual topic. Um, but we have a, just a regular email as well that we're going to start with. Yeah, we've heard from a number of listeners over the last um, couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just recently received an email from Jasmine. And she says, hello, I love listening to your podcast. My confession is that I told Uncle Graham that I was listening to his podcast, but I had only listened to two at that moment. Um, frowny face emoji. Yeah, that's what I'm making right now, frowny face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, confirmed. <laughs> to make up for lost time, I have decided to binge all of your podcasts over the last week. I found myself thoroughly entertained and was even listening to them at work. That's a confession. Also, well, while I was listening so to your podcast, I came up with an idea that I think you would enjoy. I was hoping to hear you discuss your favorite experiences in post-secondary, good, bad, or funny. I'd also love to know what are some things you learned and what advice do you have for a starting student? I know times are different now with COVID-19, but it's still a topic I'd love to hear you discuss. Can't wait. Respectfully, Jasmine. Nice. That's great. Thanks, Jasmine. Yeah, we get like recommendations of what to talk about and we don't always follow through on them, but that's really... Has a lot of potential, I think. Well, you mentioned like it's back to school time right now. Like it'd be fitting for our next episode, maybe. So, and I was even thinking about this topic the other day, not as a podcast topic, but just students going back to university now or going for the first time. How challenging it is with the pandemic right now. Like I was playing volleyball with some guys who were supposed to be starting their first college season now, mm-hmm. and I thought back to when I was. 18 in that situation and I'd be devastated to find out the season isn't starting and it's just such a part of your identity and then college is fun too so um, it'd be a fun topic we also heard from a few other people Melinda mentioned that she's been playing the cube escape games that I recommended in our last episode and I'd kind of forgotten what I had recommended so it took a little so sorry Melinda for being (laughs) confused when you mentioned it but apparently she's played all the the free games through that rusty lake. Um, oh wow! Game wow. Maker. So that was cool. You always like. I always like hearing when people appreciate my recommendations. If you don't appreciate my recommendations, you don't need to tell us. 
but um, we do that enough for him. Right. Um, and then also I heard feedback on Chris's wedding rant Uh-oh. from oh, someone who is planning a wedding. Oh, great. Um, in the, which we were wondering if anyone, any of our listeners were in that situation. And the so wedding's was, off. So thanks. No, for no they appreciated it. They, um, they weren't offended, and, but they thought it was thought provoking and interesting. I thought it was a good rant too. I don't think I was well, there for you. that one. I'm trying to remember. No, you yeah. weren't present. Sometimes no. when you listen to it, it's like being there though. Yeah, not really, <laughs> actually. It's a whole lot more fun listening to it. So it's <laughs> a good one. I did notice our listener count dropped drastically after your rant though. I could, I could look. Like they just quit listening to that episode? And then probably for the future as well, I would imagine. Yeah, that could happen. It's a risk I was willing to take. <laughs> <laughs> I did have one person ask me if I still do the zombie runs, hmm. to which I said, sometimes, because when I run Strava and that, it's a lot of battery power for my phone. So, but once in a while, I'll do one. Yeah. Not the long runs. It gets really tiring after an hour of running and hearing zombies. Oh, man. Yeah. You have nightmares. So speaking of zombies, let's do our recommendations. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I, no. it might, am I laughter? Yeah, you haven't heard my uh, recommendation. There yet. you go. We just got served our food as well, so let's take a little break, come back with recommendations. Yeah, sounds good. I'll be ready. Now we're at the time of the podcast for recommendations. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, I'll begin. Uh, so my recommendation, a um, good friend of mine uh, from uh, Philadelphia recommended uh, for me to watch Avatar The Last Airbender, which I don't know why I didn't watch that years ago. It's uh, on Netflix, a really good kids show. And so I kind of binged that and then I bought the graphic novels and now I'm like pouring through those. And it's it's quite the delightful show. Uh, really? So I highly recommend it. Don't watch the Have movie. Have you seen the M. Night Shyamalan yeah, I was live action? Say that. I, I, after it, I'm like, I've heard horrible things about this movie, but I'll try watching it anyway. And I made it like three minutes in. That's how so, far I made it. Uh, what was its uh, Rotten Tomatoes score? I think it was 8%. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, That's low. Eight. It was, yeah. It was, I could be off by. Plus or minus 2%. Yeah. It could be four percent. Like it was, wow. like I, I shut it off when all the when all the actors were white because it's uh, based on like a lot of. Uh, Shyamalan's Chinese. not even white. I don't know why that <laughs> would even be a thing. Yeah, well, it's it's based on a lot of like Chinese uh, uh, culture and influences and history. So like when the entire cast was white, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this. This is <laughs> M Night. Come on. That might not even be his lowest tomato meter rating. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's it got is. some bad ones. He has some. Yeah, but yeah, Avatar: The Last Airbender. I highly recommend it. Cool. Yeah, it pops up on Netflix sometimes for me to recommend, and I never really know much about it. So that sounds good. I'm gonna recommend. Um, I'm not a huge like hot sauce fan in general, but like I like sriracha, right? Like it's it's like you know it's. Kind of an entry level sauce. Yeah, it's not you know super hot. It's not super unique, but it's it's a good solid sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the other day, um, my wife brought home sriracha mayo. Whoa! Ooh. Didn't nice. know that was even a thing. Yeah, and 
I think for that week, I put it on every single meal, yeah. <laughs> like breakfast included. Yeah. My Fruit Loops. <laughs> so I'm not going to say much besides, if you haven't, you have to try sriracha mayo. It's oh. amazing. The spicy mayos in general. Yeah. Good, like chipotle mayo. Mm-hmm. Or, hmm. That's the only one I can think of. But, <laughs> but it is one. Like You can't name me a food that it would not work on. You just can't. I mean. Ramen? Ooh, I should try that. <laughs> I will try that. This is where I went with your recommendation. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the brand might just be Sriracha brand. I don't remember, but it's it's so good. Try it out. And if you don't like spicy, it's not it's not really that spicy. little kick, but, hmm. you know, like a child kicking you. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's pretty minor. It's an inconvenience. <laughs> awesome. My recommendation is a musical artist, and it's a, they have a long name. The World is a Beautiful Place, and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die is the name of the band. I like that name. Yeah, it's a cool name. Um, they are kind of indie rock, hmm. punk influences, post-rock. Uh, yeah, just check them out. It's, I think, maybe a little alternative for some people, but um, some cool... Elements like strings and synthesizers. Is there a good uh, like album to start with, song to start with? Uh, Whenever, If Ever is the, their debut album. I like that one a lot. But if you go on Spotify or Google Play, like any, just listen to their top recommend, recommended songs. Yeah, cool. Let me know what you think. All right. Yeah, okay. I'm going to recommend a food. I didn't know you were going to do a food, Graham. Okay. But this is the food Olives. Just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm recommending this because the other day I found an old bottle of olives at school in the fridge and I tried one and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it reminded me that I had good olives at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, they could be stuffed with things like pimentos or feta cheese. but Garlic? They're delicious. Oh, yeah, that's good too. I love you, is it or just plain olives. Um, practice for you to go through the fridge and just eat things out of the staff. No, but there's nothing in the staff fridges because they've all been cleaned out, and except this humongous bottle of olives. And I was like, <laughs> "Well, I'll have an olive," <laughs> and it maybe has been there for a whole year. I don't know. Oh, that's an interesting mystery, though. Who, who they had did turned, that? maybe. Yeah. Who brought and why was I eating somebody else's food? That's also a good question. <laughs> I picture like Gollum just like scooping up, like looking around like this, you know, in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. No, the lights were on, but it might not have been my best choice. Okay. Well, we can combine our two recommendations. I bet they'd go I, well together. I bet they would. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, Avatar Last Airbender on Netflix or the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Or the Legends of Korra, which is the sequel series. And that's also on Netflix? Too? I believe so. Oh, cool. Sriracha mayo, um, old olives, and what's you his name? Again? name? Um, I'm the, about to die, but I still like it. The world <laughs> is a beautiful place, and I'm no longer afraid to die. Yeah, that's it. Wow, good job. Thanks. In our next segment, or I think we're going to start our main topic after this. Yeah, and we're going to begin the segment with a reading of the email from Andy. I can't wait. You guys have heard about it for two episodes. It's finally going to happen. Brace yourselves. Gentlemen, I finished your succulents episode on my walk with Rupert this morning. As always, an engaging discussion. However, there is one phrase that struck a wrong note with me, which I would have let slide except that Peter then doubled down and said it a second time. 
He said that something was morally wrong and said it in such a way as if it were proven science. When using morally wrong, I believe it is important to acknowledge what moral compass is being used. Is this the moral compass of those in power, of those breaking free of oppression, of the majority of the wider population? And if a majority, what classes as the passing grade? Do we adhere to the rules of the U.S. Senate, where you need a two-thirds majority, except when it becomes inconvenient, and then just a 50% plus one will do? Even two-thirds majority seems a little inadequate for some discussions. Use the wrong basis for your moral correctness, and you will get into a similar but different mess from the ones we're currently trying to remove ourselves from. So why is it important? Because as in scientific research, if you do not state your assumptions and reasonings, it is hard for someone to test your theory. It is important to have genuine debate, to listen to different sides of the arguments with open ears and ideally also with an open mind. Considering something to be morally right or morally wrong shuts down space for understanding other people's viewpoints. And with understanding and discussion comes the opportunity for shaping and refining viewpoints on both sides of the table. I could write more, but I have work to do, so I'll leave it with you. And if it sparks further conversation, so much the better. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Andy. It's a good email. I'm so horribly offended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he called you out by yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, man. So, Peter, how, how do you feel when you hear that? I, I should be on less episodes, I think. Uh, uh, maybe once every three. That's <laughs> no, I, I, he brings up some really good questions. And they're, they're things that uh, people should be talking about more. This, this goes into areas of, of ethics, um, like moral philosophy or moral theology. And like, those are important things for people to discuss because I don't think we often go into the, uh, presuppositions of what we consider morally right or morally wrong. Um, I still think that those are good phrases to use. I don't think that actually shuts out conversation, but I think it is important for in further conversation to clarify why we consider something morally right or wrong. Right. And if you, hmm. maybe I have a different understanding of it or I don't know. You said a lot of big words in there. So I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to have to wait till the episode's released to actually yeah. I need my thesaurus understand out. what you said. Um, but with shutting down conversation, would that just be when you state something as being morally wrong as if it's a fact, right? And like you said, um, you kind of need to explain that. Mm. Otherwise, it, it does shut down the conversation, right? Like if I say, obviously, this is morally wrong, mm -hmm. right? Assuming you all agree with me, that makes it hard for you guys to The rest speak of the people up. in the conversation right. will just, that's the end of it. I, I think maybe the difference of how I'm seeing it is when I usually think of moral and ethical questions, I think of like the university level and professors will actually, or in books that you read, will actually say like, this is morally wrong, but you also know all of their philosophy and theology that they're using because you've been sitting in a classroom getting their teaching. Um, and everyday conversations, you don't get that. So right. it, it makes it, it makes it more difficult when you say if something's morally wrong and people might feel like they're shut down immediately. So I, I totally understand that. Are you using moral and ethic, like morally and ethically interchangeably? Yes, yeah. Um, they, 
Yeah, there there's slight variations, but I think it's fine to use that interchangeably. Yeah, but it's uh, I think it's important to realize too is um, when it comes, everybody has different foundations of of uh, morals. So like uh, with me being a pastor in a reformed church, uh, that's a moral theology. That's its own specific field. Um, so I base all my moralities off the Ten Commandments. Um, but there's different areas of moral theology, like Roman Catholics use virtues and uh, um, those sort of things. But then in non-Christian ethics, that's called moral philosophy. And uh, that's like uh, in Andy's email, he brings up actually a lot of uh, moral philosophy uh, issues. Like, is it the people in power who mm-hmm. control morals? Mm-hmm. That's a that that's a blend of. Like, is it the status quo? Is it an agreed yeah. upon set of things? Yeah, that's like a form of Marxism um, that that you see there, and that could be some Hegelianism as well. Uh, but my my area of knowledge is not moral philosophy; it's moral theology. So I just have like. Uh, some of a working knowledge of that but that's so that's a big thing where do we get our morals from how do we know right or wrong and so even though i said like a lot of um i don't know uh heavy vocabulary like the basics of it is how do we know what we do is right or wrong on a daily basis and yeah i'm also interested in in people changing their mind over time sort of having a sort of moral compass, but then changing it, you know, mm-hmm. when you're 40 years old. That really interests me, being convinced. And not even people, but whole institutions mm-hmm. do that. Like the Reformed Church's stance on certain things, for example, maybe morally they haven't changed, but the way they let that influence their decisions or actions seems like it's changed. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the way they interpret Well, that. sometimes institutions nuance issues a lot more as they learn more information about an issue. They they may not be changing their ethical standard, but they're like nuancing their ethical standard um, to match the information that they know. So it's kind of like having a compass, moral compass that doesn't change, but you've interpreted it differently or you were reading it differently or following the directions a little mm-hmm. in a different way. A lot of, a lot of uh, uh, frameworks that you use for formality, uh, are pretty vague, actually. Like, there's some specifics, but like, uh, like even I use the the Ten Commandments as my understanding of morality. Um, and there's some specifics, like uh, uh, "Thou shall not kill." Uh, but like, there's also vagueness. What does that entail exactly? Does that um, entail like hatred as well? Which Jesus extends it to that. Um, it's like there, there's some vagueness uh, that you could add different moral issues to that. Mm-hmm. Um, even in uh, non-Christian ethics, there's a lot of vagueness. of, uh, And Andy brings that up in his email. Who's, uh, uh, who's Who in power? Are you like, using? Yeah, yeah, is it like three-quarters majority? Like, how do you know? Uh, so there's vagueness in a lot of those things. Do you think the standard we use is based on the Ten Commandments, like in our society? Not really. I like, or maybe at one point it was, but it seems like the standard that a lot of people use is as long as you don't 
hurt people. Um, and so like it leaves a sort of libertarian freedom within your own life. But when it comes to interacting with other people, as long as you don't hurt them, uh, but there's vagueness there. What qualifies as hurt? Um, right. right. So, uh, but I think that's what a lot of people in our society uses. If I didn't want it done to me, I'm not going to do it to you. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good rule. And I and, think and, and yeah, I think it's a bad rule. That's and biblical too. <laughs> well, and if it's in your personal life, you can do anything you want as long as it doesn't harm other people. That's added into that as well. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. That would open up like, 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 like say drugs. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would say that's morally wrong to do drugs, mm-hmm. and some would say, "Well, it doesn't hurt anybody. It's my choice." Mm-hmm. You, Chris, you made that argument a number of times. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think you see that in a lot in Alberta as well, because people tend to be more of like. Uh, libertarian here where they their personal freedoms are really important and they don't want anybody pushing in on those and they put those personal freedoms kind of above everything else and right. so um, so I think that ethic is very prevalent in Alberta hmm. I read something the other day it said treat others or it said I think the common way of saying it is treat others the way you would want to be treated but this was flipping that a little bit and saying treat people the way they want to be treated Right, which is because not if you if you're like I'm, I'd be okay with someone treating me that way, so I'm going to treat everyone accordingly. That doesn't line up with what other people think, Hmm. right? And I, I, I've been thinking about that, just that phrasing a little bit, and then it, but it does make it, it's going to rub some people the wrong way, right? Because it's more difficult, right? Like my reference instead of being myself, is everyone around me. Right, like, well, how does Chris want to be treated? How does Peter want to be treated? Um, he didn't and even also, mention you, Graham. No, I don't care. <laughs> that he, that's, he never likes my that's recommendations. That's called moral ambiguity. <laughs> I think I've liked one of them at least. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's an that interesting also, turn. But then, it makes it kind of like you're basing your actions on other people's morals. Um, so I don't know, like when I read Peter or uh, Andy's email, I wonder what's the alternative? Like, I don't, I like using, saying morally right, morally wrong, but I think what I need to do is articulate more clearly that that's my, according to me, this is what I think is morally right, morally wrong. Um, But does that create a situation where everybody is right, no matter what? Yeah, that's like, is a good, that, really good is question. Is that dangerous, too, to think that way? A lot of philosophers are concerned about that, because uh, especially if it's uh, somebody who's into modern philosophy, because that's uh, postmodern philosophy goes in that direction. Oh, I was going to try to sound smart and say <laughs> postmodern, but... I was nervous. You, you should have done it. anything. You could have done it. Yes. Yeah, I would have got away. I accidentally said Post Malone and then <laughs> derailed the whole conversation. See, I'm making up half of what I'm saying anyway. So you, you guys just think I sound smart. But. So we'll just wait for another email after this, I guess. <laughs> Andy, you got to clear this up. One area of ethics that we often don't think about, we, we think about individual ethics, but what about 
as a community. Like, for example, in the in the Old Testament, the Jewish community, if one person sinned, the entire community suffered for that. And it took the entire community to address that. Um, and it's uh, in our society, like we're dealing with community issues, but we don't all have the same ethical standards. So how do we deal with ethics as a community when we're dealing with major ethical issues? You don't think our community all agrees on <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wonder if it's when you have a homogenous community, it may be a lot easier to deal with that as a community. Well, yeah, like the Old Testament people, uh, they have the Ten Commandments, so they're disagreements, but that's what they used. To, they all had a standard that they said, this yeah. was our standard. Yeah, and we have a whole different standard now, uh, or a variety of standards now, mm -hmm. but we're trying to address big moral issues, issues when yeah. everybody has different standards, and that makes it really tricky. Mm-hmm. What would you say? What would you say? Is there like a at this point in our modern life, twenty twenty? Um, do you think those challenges are are becoming more challenging? Do you think that? Do you know what I mean? I think you're seeing. Yeah, I think they they are becoming more challenging. I think you're seeing pushback because people don't like having all these different ideas. It gets very confusing and uh, destabilizing. So I think that's what you see in society right now. This. Uh, People trying to retreat back to their own culture uh, because they want to be with everybody who thinks like them uh, because it is a lot more difficult to navigate all the different ethics and ideas and approaches. And I mean, look no further than our political slogans of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Make America great again. What is it? Take back Canada is the new like those yeah. are kind of th that idea like it used to be mm -hmm. easier and better, better than and, it is now. Yeah. Right. The philosopher uh, Charles Taylor, he talks about our society right now is like being in no man's land where you're being like shot at, at all different directions. And that's what people are feeling like they're just receiving all these different ideas and they just want to get out of that situation as soon as possible. So we like to head to our own silos um, to escape that. I believe those silos are called Facebook. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation yesterday with somebody downtown. Um, he just invited me and a couple other guys to sit, sit near him because there wasn't a lot of space. And I could tell he was baiting us to have a harmonious conversation with him. Or I guess he was baiting us to have a, some kind of a argument or debate. And he used this um, analogy of... He, he phrased it like this, young people today are playing the guitar with heavy distortion. But he comes from a time where um, there was no distortion. You could hear every note, um, and it was clear, and um, yeah, it was clear, and it sounded, and in his language sounded way better, mm -hmm. right? But now with just all these different perspectives, and, and when he said it yesterday, I was a little bit lost where he was going with it, but it's kind of making more sense to me now. Um, just with the distortion of all these different kind of contexts that people are basing their morals on, right? And he he would make make statements like ob like obviously homosexuality is one thing he brought up. It was one of his 
he was tossing out like some bait, right? Like fishing for for a conversation. He said, obviously, homosexuality is one of those moral things. Wait, it is? I had no idea. <laughs> right? And we, we kept it pretty, pretty harmonious. Um, but then, yeah, so like, and it did kind of shut down the conversation, right? Yeah. The way he, he said that. Um, so an example of what Andy's pointing out in his right. email is the, the obviously part. Right. He, he's not actually looking for a conversation. He's looking for you to agree with him, or well, you think I think he actually wants a fight. I think he wanted it just judging. Let's by, fight about this. Yeah, it seemed like he was hoping we would argue with him, or maybe he wanted us just to be on his side and we could just rant about smile it. Smile and but, nod. Yeah. Um, but then I mentioned that some Christians are are like homosexuals or um, like or affirming, right? And he then he's like that's the distortion right there like that's where things get confusing how could you call yourself a christian and like was he a christian um no no oh. so it's what he thought christian should yeah. think yeah it was it was interesting but i think it a yeah he'd be an interesting guest <laughs> yeah if i could find him did if you get his he, name? We did talk about the podcast that's so if he's listening contact us or just keep hanging out downtown. We'll come see you. Yeah, we'll record there. <laughs> that guy needs a chess set down there, I think, is what he yeah. needs. Just something else to... That's a good idea. I, I, I sort of, you know, the distortion idea, like, I kind of get it. You know, like it's... The metaphor's good. Yeah, I think so. But I, I also feel like... He also doesn't like new wave rockers, though, so that's a <laughs> bit like of a Musically, pain. there's a distortion's great, and, and, and there's more color, and there's more options, and there's more you can do. You can be more creative with... with distortion pedals and you know I, I feel like it's automatically bad but there's more out there and sometimes it maybe it is but in other ways like variety's kind of nice yeah and hearing from people who don't think like you so you don't spend your whole life I don't know I don't want to say you know but do you think it's like is it threatening to people to to hear other opinions or is it no. scary or is it Mm-hmm. I would, yeah, I would say both of both of those. I, I think it's generally, I think it's helpful when we do encounter opinions that we're scared of, because I think even people who are nuanced and are thoughtful of different ideas, uh, get scared of different opinions. I think that's a natural reaction, but we should always look at like, why does this person find this convincing and try to understand uh, why it's convincing to them. And I think it adds a whole another dimension that's really helpful for us to be more gracious when we try to figure out why this is a convincing idea. And our ideas might even change too. So that, that'd be mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Hmm. Did you find being harmonious was a challenge? That, that sounds like a really good example of trying to be harmonious. Well, it was just, it was not the right, moment either like I was there to have lunch with um, a couple friends mm-hmm. and then right. this guy was nice enough to let us sit it was pretty busy down there and he he was sitting at a, a large table and offered it to us but we I was trying to eat my lunch and have a conversation with my friends and he was kind of like <laughs> really Goating really us. like trying to get us into this <laughs> this conversation so but it was good I in my head had this stay harmonious um Kind of going through my head there. But it was a bit of a challenge. At the end, he said, um, he said, thanks for the conversation. You guys are reasonable. And 
you're Christians too. So who would have, who would have thunk that? So Boy. I think, man, if we had stickers, you could have given them one of our stickers <laughs> at that moment. Said, Thanks man. Here you go. <laughs> So we've been talking about a variety of perspectives and sometimes within the context of um, the societies we're part of, especially in a Christian context, there can be language used that could easily um, put people to the fringes, I think. So if you were to say things like, obviously, we all believe this uh, when lots of people might not, uh, that might just stop them from even engaging the conversation because they don't want to be part of the group that's not obviously the ones you're referring to. I don't know if you've had opportunities or instances like that, Peter, at church. I know in school I've had that a few times, and when you're serving a big community who has a variety of opinions, there's always um, some people who think we all think this way when that's just not the case. Yeah, my situation is a little tricky because people within the church have uh, differences uh, in opinion and beliefs on these things, but uh, as an as an institution, like my denomination has specific views on things. So it's also like, like representing those views while leaving room for like the people to express their own opinions and views. So that gets a little, little tricky. Uh, we're not as pluralistic of a Christian society as, uh, a school would be. Right. I, as a, as a teacher, I hear students, um, speaking that way to each other or to the group like this is the christian if you're a christian you would think this way right or that's the christian answer and you can totally see what what andy's talking about how it just shuts other people down right or or it angers them right and it's just and this wouldn't be like just christians who would think this any faith group would have these obviously's probably yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah or it doesn't even have to be a faith group just Mm -hmm. strains of thought or I guess like we're all kind of on the same page, right? Like if you use that kind of language, you're going to shut people out, right? So we have to be careful, uh, make sure we articulate where we're coming from, leave space for conversation. But it still feels like, and I definitely go down this, the postmodern path, right? Where it's like everyone's entitled to their opinion. And even like as a teacher, sometimes it feels like that's, the safe way to go, right? Is that everyone can have their perspective and you're all right. <laughs> but do you think right? we all have our own obviously's? Um, in so, yeah, probably like a, everyone has a, a line somewhere on something, I think. That they assume everybody else is supposed to think if they're part of that group. I think sometimes too, when people push this sort of obviously um, perspective, I think they're also defensive, like it's wrong for them to have uh, such strong convictions that they have. And I think I think what we should be pushing is it's good to have strong convictions. That doesn't mean that you don't listen to other people's Mm -hmm. convictions as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Yeah, Good point. uh, I think I think as we move more and more into a pluralistic society where there's all these different beliefs. We feel the pressure that we have to agree with everybody's beliefs, but I think the pressure should be not agreement, but listening respectfully to everybody's beliefs. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always happen. No. And it's hard to do. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's hard to hold what you believe and then still give room for what 
you know other people are going to differ on without feeling threatened by that. Mm-hmm. It's got to be tricky for any church where so much of what you believe is is based on your your, sorry, your moral foundation. And so like when you talk to people, it's not just these are the morals that I that I sort of have decided I, I agree with, but they're sort of being taught something too. Like from, since you were young a lot of the time, like this is what you've been ingrained with and not... And I just feel like it must be tricky as a as a pastor or even a teacher at a Christian school where you're... Like, part of your job is to be list, like listening and understanding, but you also have like something you want to teach. Like you, you do want to teach something, or especially you, Peter, like you do want to teach something really important, right? Like you can't, you can't allow... Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense because one of the struggles I have is like... I'm passionate about like moral theology, but more of a historical understanding of it. Like I talk about John Calvin all the time, but I'm sure a lot of people at church are sick of mm-hmm. Calvin. But like, I think it's good to understand what people thought in the past to kind of remove them out of this current cultural context uh, so that they're like, oh, this is like what people thought of in the past. Um, and I think, right. I think if people do listen, most of the time they don't, but people do listen, they understand like, Oh, back then this was actually not a conservative or liberal issue. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So some people, some people like to, to listen and try to understand. Uh, but a lot of people are just like, Oh, this is what I grew up believing. And I just want to stick with this. That also remind you mentioned something, like left and white ring. I, I get kind of annoyed that political parties have sort of hijacked moral mm-hmm. issues and high grounds. And you know, that, that's pretty yeah, frustrating because too. like, like uh, John Calvin, his biggest moral issue that he spent his entire life on were uh, protecting the refugees from France. Like that was all of his theological works, uh, revolved around that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, caring for refugees is controversial now, especially in the States because of how political it is. Yeah. And, uh, usually, um, uh, conservative Christians who are like, Oh, we pay attention to Calvin, ignore the, the refugee crisis where I'm like, that is the core of Calvin's thinking. Mm-hmm. So the challenge I have is that yeah. I, I want, I feel like I'm fairly pluralistic. Like I like lots of, perspectives and I respect a lot of them and, and see rightness in lots of them. But we're, we're t- touching it here where it seems like it's okay to think that way, but then you ultimately have to pick a side is the way it feels, right? Like if you um, think this is morally right, that means you're on team A, right? If you think that's morally wrong, you're on team B. So then it, yeah, that just makes things more difficult right and more triggering when someone says something like that's morally right or morally wrong mm-hmm. um, so yeah. I, i'm not really giving a solution i'm saying it's no, you're a just frustration or the, yeah, a, yeah. a challenge that that but i see some of those my team your team those seem a little i mean i'm have been around for a super long time but those seem like they might be getting worse like, right. like certain aspects of our modern society are are making that problem more prominent and like we talked about earlier, like you get in your own bubble more and more and more. Um, well, that's not a, a really happy thing to end on. <laughs> I, Give us some hope. We're not here to solve the problems, just to no. talk about them <laughs> respectfully. Yeah. Though I think, I think there is hope to this situation where if, uh, if people understand 
begin to understand the context that they're in, that they're in a context of different beliefs, that you actually can't leave that, that context, I think um, people begin to understand like, oh, like I can have my, hold on to my beliefs, but I'm in a context where uh, there's just a whole variety of beliefs. Like one of my favorite professors in university, it was a Christian university, and he was by far the most traditional conservative professor um, in the entire school. But he, he always said, like, I'm in a pluralistic society. We have uh, 20 different denominations here, like uh, uh, all these different perspectives. And I state my views, but I also leave room for people to state their views uh, because I know the setting that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I always found that to be helpful. Hmm. All right. Nice. Thanks for the email, Andy. Yes, Andy. Thank you. And thanks, Peter, for... Uh for helping Showing us out up that to today. Th yeah. Thanks for giving me a chance to actually talk about ethics. Like, yeah, that well, never This is happens. part one of five, so. <laughs> 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 Buckle up. We, we can talk about, like, Kierkegaard uh, and his ethics. That's the title of That's what I was thinking, yeah. 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 Cool. Um, well, some, some people here have jobs to get to pretty soon. Um, <laughs> not me, so. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a quick round of confessions. And then uh, call it a day here at Phil's. What do you guys think? Yeah. That sounds good. But don't you have kids like waiting for you in the car or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's not hot out. My confession um, is that I was walking down the stairs yesterday morning with my two-year-old daughter holding her hand. We're walking slowly down the stairs. And then I fell down the stairs. <laughs> I, my feet slipped out from in front of me and I ran down or like fell down probably five steps. And it was loud um, and painful. But I kind of like my two-year-old, she was fine. She, she didn't fall at all. So that's one confession is that I still fall down the stairs. And then I guess the second part is that my wife heard this happen. <laughs> And she called out, oh, my baby, are you okay? And I thought she was talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your third kid. By now, by now you should so know. She came around That's the corner funny. and was like, oh, it's just you. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. You feel okay? Uh, Hurt your butt? My heel is bruised, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You don't but have carpeted okay. stairs. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> okay no, good. they're not carpeted. Okay, that's a good one. Thanks, Tyler. Mine um, is a confession about something I spent a lot of money on when I shouldn't have. When, about 17 years ago, a door-to-door -door salesman, you guys maybe aren't old <laughs> enough for door-to-door -door salesman, but he came by offering vacuum cleaners. And I, after like about an hour-long review, ended up buying one. And it was $1,700 at the time when I was making oh. like no money. I, I, don't, I don't know how I got convinced <laughs> into it. Like, wow. I don't think I've ever told anybody how much it cost. Yeah. People knew that I bought this from a guy, but I think wow. Shannon knew, but, and she still will bring it up from time to time. <laughs> You're a sucker. Yeah, but you bought a $1,700 vacuum. <laughs> it was a really good vacuum, but. Do you still have it? His spiel was good. No, because we have a Centravac now, which mm. is a really good vacuum. Yeah. That's so a great spent a lot it, yeah. As much as my first car, they cost exactly the same. Do you like, still feel kind of crappy about it right now? Like, oh, like still? it weighs on me. Really? Didn't like, you know the saying of like snake snake oil salesman, yeah. right? Like for our generation, we say like, use, or like a you vacuum salesman. 
a new vacuum sealer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you need to, like, uh, right now here at Phil's, just let it go. Like, you've now told everyone. Yeah, actually, it might be good to get that off. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've really only wasted $1,700 in my whole life, and it was on that vacuum. Email yeah. us at harmoniusgentleman at gmail.com if you have a story you want to share, like Chris's, to make him feel better. Have you ever, you know... Spent that much money on something stupid? On a stupid? vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> Now I am worried about the like the phone call scams we talked about in the last episode. Like, you got to be careful, Peter. You know my beliefs that uh, whatever I do, in my uh, personal life doesn't impact anybody else. So I have no confession. You don't. You don't need to know my personal. <laughs> that life. is your confession. <laughs> That's the confession. It's the Good worst one. one of all. Yeah. Um, I'll go quickly. I just want to confess in general, I'm not, I really want to be more of an assertive person um, in like social situations where my heart starts to race, like no matter how frivolous or unimportant the situation is, I always kind of get worked up. And Heidi and I went to Jasper and we went to the Fairmont uh, sort of uh, hotel thing there. Um, just kind of treat ourselves, have a nice lunch out there um, and then go for a walk. Anyway, so you, you know, we, it's, it's fairly expensive. So it's we're treating ourselves yeah. as nice. So we... Wear our nicest masks and stuff and went in. And, <laughs> um, but it was like the worst service and food I think I've had in 20 wow. years. Like it was awful. Everything took forever. The food was super cold. Obviously had been sitting around. Um, every step of the way took forever. Um, anyway, it was, so I'm like, I can't, I can't tip this guy. Like I can't, I can't do it. Right. But I also thought I should probably talk to him. Like I should be assertive and maybe harmonious. So my wife didn't want to, I don't want to be there for that. So she left early. <laughs> and as I was sitting there kind of stewing this over, I must have looked, I mean, my eyebrows already looked pretty angry, but I must have looked kind of upset. And, and I think the manager came over and asked me how things went. And I said, well, and I said, not good. And like right away, my heart was racing. You know, and it's yeah. not even that important, but I just get worked up, right? And my, my knee starts to kind of shake a little bit. And anyway, I just said, yeah, it wasn't great. It was kind of slow. And, and she said, oh, anything I can do? I said, no, it's okay. But then right away, I wanted to just like make it okay. I wanted to just sort of say, yeah. oh, it's fine. It's fine. And she's like, well, you give you give you a free drink if you want. I said, no, no, it's fine. I regretted that right away, but I was trying to like shut down the awkwardness that I'd created hmm. by just saying like, it's, everything's fine, but everything wasn't right. fine. Like it was awful. Anyway, it's not a huge confession. I just felt like I could have been way more honest. And then she yeah. left and then he, the waiter came over finally with the machine after like 15 minutes and I stood up and I, and I didn't want to tip, but I still did. Yeah. Like I was going to say, I still, I came like, like two bucks, which is probably more insulting than, than nothing at all. Do you know what I mean? Like I had to give yeah. something. But I did, I said, hey, man, like, just so you know, that was just not great. And I, I can't really tip you very well. And he gave me a bunch of excuses about the kitchen being far away and all this kind of stuff. And anyway, I was, I didn't, I'm not saying I should have been meaner, but I should have been more honest and maybe not tipped. And anyway, I'm rambling, but uh, no, that's probably in my head, it was so clear it. what I wanted to say. And I just, I couldn't do it. Like, mm. I wanted to be nice. I didn't want to, like, make them upset. Anyway, but beautiful area. <laughs> <laughs> but also recommend Jasper. <laughs> um, thanks for coming, Peter. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. And Chris and Tyler. Yeah. I'll yes. see you yeah. in two episodes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's kind about of the pattern. Kierkegaard. What's his name? <laughs> Kirkmeyer. Kirk- <laughs> Kierkegaard. Captain Kirk. Um, anything? Any closing thoughts? Again, thanks, Andy, for spurring on this conversation. I enjoyed it. Um, right. And uh, for new listeners joining. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been waiting for us to be on Spotify, yeah, we are on now. Oh, we okay. are. 
but I thought we were all along, but we weren't. So now if that's yeah. what you'd prefer. That's what I listen on to. Yeah. I heard that the average podcast gets 141 listens. So we're, we're above average, just so oh, our nice. listeners know. Yeah, we are doing okay. You're not alone. You're not the only one listening. No. And I've actually talked to a few people who tell me about recommending it to friends and stuff. Like, it's pretty cool. People, people are good about nice. that and sharing it around. Yeah. So prizes for loyal listeners coming soon. I know we talked about stickers for a long time, but they're kind of in the works now. Nice. So if we see you and you're a listener, you're going to get one. Wait, is this podcast still going? <laughs> yeah, we're recording. No. <laughs> I didn't hit the record button on this. <laughs> Actually, I think we... Yeah, we're good. Okay. Thanks, awesome. guys. We'll see you next All time. Right. Sounds good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs>